Welcome to FreightWaves Live at Home. I'm Nate Tabak. I'm a reporter who covers cybersecurity for FreightWaves. We're here with Russ Felker. He's the chief technology officer with Global Trans. They're a leading third-party logistics provider. He's joining us today to talk about cybersecurity. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Nate. Appreciate it. Russ, we've recently witnessed one of the worst uh, cyber attacks on U.S. soil, and that's the one that shut down Colonial Pipeline. And this was a ransomware attack, and that's basically when hackers try to hold a company hostage by crippling their systems and stealing data in many cases. And a lot of attacks like this have hit companies in the transportation and logistics industry. Uh, forward error is a, is a recent example of one of these big ones. When you heard about the Colonial Pipeline attack, like what, what was going through your mind? Well, I mean, a number of things. Uh, of course, first and foremost was, I hope we're good. <laughs> from, from a company perspective, I think that's what goes through most people's minds uh, when they first hear about a cyber attack. Uh, the, you know, the second thing is that goes through your mind is what was the what was the entry point? What was the attack vector? How do I you know how do I make sure that I'm I'm covered and that my my company, my customers, my partners are are covered as well? But the you know the the third thing that 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 always comes up whenever you you hear about one of these attacks is just uh, kind of almost recounting in your mind. Well, what what are the things that we have in place? How are we taking care of things like this? How are we positioned to handle something like this type of an attack? And I would imagine I'm not the only one who who had that thought and was was kind of going down the checklist in their mind when they heard about it. And so when you when you think about about uh, an attack like the one on colonial and your own sort of cybersecurity at your own company. Like what are what are sort of the big things that you think about that you're that you're double checking? Um, and and I, I, I ask this because I think one of the things about these attacks is that really most commonly that they're they're exploiting, um, you know, vulnerabilities that it's not it's it's very rare that you have like this a crack team that is like sitting around in, in like a basement in like Siberia somewhere looking at how they're going to crack through some encryption. They're finding you know, in some cases, very easy to find holes to exploit. Yes, and and that's absolutely true. Although I think the the people sitting around in, in the basement, um, maybe not in Siberia, at every point is <laughs> probably fairly accurate. But to your point, they're not necessarily going through and finding the hardest way in. They're looking across a a slew of options and looking for the the best or easiest way in. And unfortunately many times they find that. And so when you think about the list of, of items that you're going through in your head, when you think about the checklist that you go through, you think about things from that preventative side and you're thinking about things from that response side. So that preventative side is to a lot, you know, goes to a lot of the things that they would find. Have you done your patching? Are your servers patched? Are they up to date? One of the things that, that you know, I think happens in, in IT frequently is, oh, we, we have that. We're going to get to that. And then we're going to get to that is where a lot of the potential entry points happen, whether that's an open source uh, software component that you've got in your, in your system, whether that is a patch that you just hadn't gotten around to applying, whether that's a... Uh, a penetration test that you've been, you know, 
wanting to do on your network, but you hadn't quite gotten there yet. To look for those holes, to look for those openings, to look for those attack vectors. And that's something that it, it's, it's really hygiene. I mean, when you think about ex what has to be done, it's just standard hygiene of your network, of your applications, of your systems. But we are in such a volatile world, uh, not just from this type of a thing happening, but from the transformations that are ongoing at companies and the work that companies are doing to enact digital transformation, the landscape is shifting on an almost constant basis. And hygiene tends to be a trailing thought as opposed to a proactive thought in many cases. And I think that's where you start to see some of these holes you know, remain uh, for periods of time and enable or at least provide a potential path in for these groups. Let's say that you're talking, you know, you're talking to someone who maybe owns a, a freight brokerage that has like 20 people and maybe mm -hmm. the extent of their security is some out of box, like antivirus software. And they're listening to you right now and they're thinking about, you know, and everything you just said is, it sounds like Greek to them, but they see, <laughs> you know, and they see this happening to, you know, this happens to, uh, you know, huge, important companies. It also happens to small ones very frequently. We just hear about them a lot. If you're someone who's kind of in this position where you don't even know where to start and maybe you have a, a tech person on your staff, maybe you don't, but like, where's like, where do you even, where do you even start to kind of build this kind of security and resilience into your company? Absolutely. It, and it's, you start at the basics. You don't start by putting in these I'll, I'll use a little Greek here <laughs> to, to your to your comment, but you don't start by putting in these huge intrusion detection systems and intrusion prevention systems and get a managed service provider to come in and monitor your network 24-7. When you're small, like, you know, like many companies start out, and I've been in startups myself and been a founder of startups as well as worked in startups, you've got a lot to do all the time just to keep the business going and to keep moving it forward and to keep growing it. So you've got to start at the simplest points. Password hygiene, great place to start. Uh, you know, it's not about the rotation of the passwords necessarily that, that has its own set of, of, of potential issues, but it's picking those complex passwords. It's putting those things in place. And there's, there's websites you can go to that give you the, the quick hits for things that you can do. It's making sure that you have, you know, you said you got antivirus, but making sure you have that installed and that everybody is updating on a regular basis and that you've got some sort of a check to just make sure that that stuff is up to date. And it's just, it's not just antivirus, it's the anti-malware, it's the, 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 the systems that are, that are inexpensive and they're, they're prolific, they're prolific. They're, they're, there's a ton of them out there. There's ABG, there's, you know, malware bytes. There's a whole bunch of different types of systems that you can go out, you can get, you can put on a system, and it can start doing those scans, doing those uh, uh, checks to just validate that the system itself is good. And then the other one is just making sure that you've got, if you, you know, a lot of small companies won't have their own custom software piece that's in place that they built, especially a small freight brokerage. Most of the time, they're going to be using some third-party system. It 
it doesn't ever hurt to ask, hey, what's your recovery? What's your cyber approach? Can you just tell me what you do? Just asking the question and making sure you get an answer, even if you don't, to your point, get everything they tell you, that's okay. But making sure that those companies are asked those questions and that they are, that they have a response for that is an important piece of dealing with any partner. We ask our partners that. We get asked by our partners for that information on a regular basis. And asking the question forces some level of, of, of attention to be paid to that uh, at those partners. And, and that flows through to you as a small company. And is, is that, do you think those questions are not being asked enough at sort of the various levels of this, whether it's someone, you know, within a company to like, you know, whether it's like the CEO talking to the person in positions like yours, whether it's their technology providers, because it seems like it just happens again and again that these attacks happen and you get, you see companies that have extended amounts of downtime and massive amounts of data that sometimes get leaked publicly. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, you know, whether you want to call it Groundhog Day or you want to call it, you know, Edge of Tomorrow uh, from a rinse and repeat cycle, <laughs> uh, we seem to be seeing it again and again and again as as we go as we go through you know month after month and, and year after year, and it seems to only be accelerating. Uh, the number of attacks has accelerated. That that's something that uh, has been shown through multiple studies, multiple uh, uh, you know just uh, uh, network type uh, uh, overviews from from government entities, from security entities. The number of attacks that are being detected are going up. And the thing is, though, the attack vectors really haven't changed much. They're the same <laughs> as they have been. It's just that they're being done more and on a broader set of those same vectors. And because hygiene tends to be neglected, uh, you tend to have more successful penetration. And it doesn't, in the end, you can be just really good at this. I mean, you can be focused on it. You can be on top of it. The level of complexity of many companies' networks and the systems that ride on those networks and the interactions between those systems and the ways in which you need to ensure communication between the different systems to the outside world and in our connected society opens us up to not being able to track every single instance of a potential threat point. And that's, that's difficult for many companies, large or small. You see the larger companies being hit on a, on a frequent basis, too. And digital transformation is amazing from an efficiency standpoint. But every, every digital transformation of a process, every time you take a process from manual to digital, you create, in essence, a security incident. Because that is where you are introducing a new pathway, introducing a new connection, introducing, in some cases, multiple new connections all at once. And ensuring that you've gone through and validated those from a hygiene perspective, you know, and when I say hygiene, I mean security hygiene perspective is, is critical. My, my wife was a dental hygienist for, for 25 years. And, and, uh, you know, one of the things 
I, she tried to get me to floss forever. <laughs> I'll tell you. And I, I, I'm not good at it. But that is the same basic thing. There's not really a lot of difference between those two situations. There are things we all know we should do. And this is true of whether it's, it's you know, your dental hygiene or whether it's your system and network hygiene. We all know what to do. It's making sure you allocate the time to do it, that you record it, and that you review it on a regular basis. And those three things would help to close off so many avenues of attack in so many companies. Uh, but from management down to you know the, the, uh, the IT worker, we have to get the time allocated to do that. You know, I, I talk to a lot of um, victims of, of ransomware attacks in sort of the course of my work. And I actually find that some of the more interesting conversations I have are with these really small companies who really didn't didn't think this applied to them because they're so so small. And I think that's also one of the, the misconceptions that somewhat that you know you have guys sort of sitting around deciding who who we're going to attack and when and you know and which is a and that's really not the case because malware is distributed on such a a wide platform. So. Uh, when you think about sort of like the the lessons from some of these these bigger attacks, obviously number one is you want to avoid getting attacked in, in the first place. But as you said, that networks, particularly at, at bigger companies, they are huge and complex, and it it could be difficult to basically close off every every single venue. Um, so what is the what's sort of the next layer to this to that to make sure that if you do get attacked. To, is it is it possible to avoid having some of these huge kind of disruptions that we've seen at, at big companies and small companies? Of, of, of course. I mean, it is in the end. The, the uh, overall size of a company and the, the number of systems and the number of connections help is one of the factors that starts to exacerbate the problem of multiple entry points. But you can mitigate that by having a couple of different things. One is a response plan. And the response plan, many people kind of think about the response plan. They think about, oh, great, I'll, I can quarantine the system. I can segment it off. I can, I can get it uh, isolated so that I don't have a, a big blast radius uh, is, is you know, kind of how we term it when we think about how far the a particular attack spreads within a network. But that's only a piece of the incident response plan. And it's an important piece, but it's only a piece. You also have to look at how you segmented your network, how you've created more arm's length type transactions between components of your systems such that you could quarantine a piece but still have other pieces running. And the, the, the other side of that, of that, of that resiliency of that segmentation is also understanding what it will take to bring something back up quickly. So Colonial Pipeline, which you talked, you know, mentioned at the very beginning, they had this attack, they quarantined the systems very quickly, they were able to contain, and then, but they didn't have as good of a sense uh, or of a capability of being able to detect spread and so that was a, a miss, and that's one of the things that's contributed to the long timeline of getting their systems back up. And then the second piece is 
they didn't have an effective way to bring that piece back up separately and reconnect it clean to the rest of the network, leaving the affected components isolated and quarantined for review to understand how they got, how the attackers got in, what was actually done. And you have to have those pieces in place. It's response and resiliency of your systems that actually mitigate the prevention piece, that experiential piece. So you think about it from experience of, hey, I know these things are problems, and so I'm going to close them off. And those are great. That's prevention. But then you've got exploratory. How do I understand spread? How do I understand quarantine? How do I, how do I affect resiliency within my systems and within my network to effectively segment them at the beginning and have individual plans to be able to bring that up and reconnect it to the rest of my systems so that I can continue to do business even as I'm going through and trying to figure out what exactly happened here and where my where my entry point was so I can transfer that exploratory to my experiential. I close that and I get I get that I get that locked down and now I made that an experiential or a preventative piece but you're always waiting for the next exploratory because it will come. <laughs> that's just, that's the long and short of cyber, to your point. It's a numbers game. They're hitting everybody all the time and they'll get in. And I, and I think it's, you know, to your point, I think that one of the reasons why, um, why there's so much, it's important, um, you know, to stay operational. It's obviously you want to, you don't want to lose money, but I think the whole, the part of these attacks that I think is maybe underappreciated is there's there is the human point and there is the which involves extortion, which involves people who've maybe studied a company's finances in great detail. They may know precisely the kind of insurance that they have, if they have any. They may look at uh, figure out how much how much can they afford to pay, because ultimately they they want to make money. And one of the, I think the interesting things, though, is that if you deny them this, the operational downtime, suddenly they've lost a lot of leverage. And mm -hmm. it see, and I think that when you do that, you obviously, you, you're maybe faced with, uh, it's less of a uh, gun to the head situation, perhaps, when you have these hackers who maybe, maybe they're demanding hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. Um, but why, why, why do you think we're not, you know, again, that this sort of these things happen in a very, you know, very similar ways uh, again and again, and the vectors may change. But this the scenario of having everything kind of shut down or having to shut down everything to basically, you know, ensure that, that you've kind of nipped the malware in the bud. Why are not why is it that every company all the time? Why are they not having a meeting yesterday to basically go through step by step? To say, okay, we're going to do that. We're going to figure this out, and we're going to make sure that if some hackers get in, that we are going to not miss a beat. Yeah, and it's it's it. I think companies are having those meetings, and they're trying to figure out ways to do that. The thing a lot of companies run into is that you're dealing with legacy systems, and those systems, in many cases, were not designed to be componentized. And so there's a there are when you think of digital transformation, many of us think of kind of process transformation and what the what users see and 
and how a process moves from manual to digital, but there's other transformations that are always happening with software and with systems to move them into a more modern, modular sense. Many systems aren't there. So if you have a large monolithic system and there's an attack vector into that system, it doesn't matter how many times you meet to say, we're going to respond quickly. You've got to basically shut that whole thing down and figure out a way to bring the whole thing back up. And it's, you know, when you're trying to turn a speedboat versus trying to turn a ti- the Titanic, it can be, it's a very different scenario. <laughs> and so that, that, that plays into a lot of what we see um, happening with that re- repetition. There's a timeline that companies are all, many companies, most companies are working towards that more modular approach to systems, but it takes a while to get there. And the systems have to come along and modernize in order to effectively counter just by their design, the current attack vectors and attack methods that these groups are using. And until that is farther along, you're not going to see, I don't think, a big decline in the success rate uh, of these attacks. Um, so it's it's basically it's a uh, it looks like it's it's basically a, co- a constant battle. It's really interesting. Russ Russ Felker, thank you so much for for joining us today. It's been really fascinating, and I think it's genuinely useful to everyone out there in the industry who is trying to figure this this cyber thing out. No, thanks for having me. It was great uh, great talking, Nate.